Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an incredible guest. She is a top network marketer who built a multi-million dollar sales team from her iPhone with five kiddos at her feet. She is also a mindset coach and a motivational speaker. She is also a certified trainer, coach, and speaker with the John Maxwell team. So let us welcome Rhonda Shaw. How are you doing today, Rhonda? I'm good. Thank you. I'm coming to you from vacation. Um, we had the opportunity to get away for just a few days in between baseball tournaments um, to go to the beach. So we are here on vacation with our family. Oh, that's awesome. It's one of the great things about uh, the network marketing lifestyle. It allows you to go with your family on vacation and have that beautiful lifestyle. So it's great to see you. And I'm glad you can come here while you're on your vacation. So, Ron, I'd like to get to start. I'd like to start off by asking you, how did, tell me, share your story. How did you get involved in network marketing and being an entrepreneur? What led you on that journey? Well, it's really interesting. My background is um, I'm a registered nurse. I went to college for nursing because I was super passionate about helping people and just very fascinated by science and biology and the body and how our bodies worked. And so that was really, really interesting to me. And I wanted to be able to help people in that capacity. So I started out doing that, but found very quickly, no freedom in my life. Um, it was super exhausting. I, you know, nurses typically work 12 hour shifts, which really aren't 12 hours because you get there before your 12 hour shift. And then you're leaving long after your shift has completed because you have to catch up on paperwork and patients and things that you weren't be able, you know, able to finish during your shift. And so I had two little kids at that point and really didn't want to miss any more holidays with them. I didn't want to be on call on Christmas or, you know, miss them opening presents or not be with my family for 4th of July celebrations or whatever. So I looked at transitioning outside of the hospital setting and I transitioned into a clinic setting, which was nice. And that was a nice change. And thing to do, but still was not finding that total freedom that I wanted. Well, we were moving cities and I knew that I needed to do something to meet new people. As a mom with really young children, mm -hmm. I was like, if I just stay home, I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm just going to be doing naps and Cheerios and like, mm -hmm. you know, be so sad. So I got involved with like a party plan company, um, which is very, you know, Kind of similar to network marketing there was a residual component but it wasn't the main component you know you were making really just a lot of commission off these parties that you were doing but it had a direct selling model to it and i really did enjoy that i did that business for four years i earned all the trips i got to take my husband on great vacations but financially the um the model just wasn't there for the effort that i was giving and the amount of time i was working it wasn't really a payoff um, unfortunately, that company dissolved, as sometimes that can happen, and I just took a break from the industry altogether. I just settled in to being a mom, you know, staying at home with my kids, um, really just focusing on the education side of my degree and educating a lot of people about their health, especially working with moms, because um, that was kind of my specialty area, when my husband got sick. Now I've always struggled with my health. That was always an issue for me. Um, lots of history of autoimmune disorders and things like that. But my husband had hadn't really struggled with his health. So this was like a curveball for us. We had five children at this point, And I just felt like there's no way you can be sick. Like you just can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick enough for the both of us. I need your help. I need you to be well. And I was, I had already been a, a big believer in um, clean eating, organic, you know, foods, um, high quality supplementation, all of those things. Um, but I went on a quest to find things specific to what he was battling. And in that, I stumbled upon the company that I'm, that I'm with now, that I've been with for seven years. 
The exciting part that I found when I joined our company and the products were amazing, as most people will find in any network marketing company, you're going to get like the top of the line products, whatever it is they're selling, it's got to be top of the line for their business model to work. So um, found really high quality health supplements, but found an incredible business model to go along with it. And that's when my wheels really started turning from that four years of experience I had in the other business was like, okay, with it, I'm in. Okay, great. Well, thanks for sharing. So number one, you got started in this party plan company, where you, which you went in for four years. It had a little bit of residual component, but the money, the compensation plan was okay, but not that great. Right. But it did set up for what happened later on when you got into yeah. that market. So it was a good learning experience for you because it really opened up your eyes to what could be possible later on when that situation arose when your husband got sick. So yeah. you just never know what can happen. Are you you say don't. Something? Yeah, because it, I tell people, you know, a lot of people ask about how I achieved success so quickly in the company that I'm in, but they didn't see my four years of growth in the other company. They didn't see all the time I spent growing my leadership, learning how to develop a team or an organization, right? So I got to take all those skills and that experience from that company and plug it into my company and be farther ahead, you know, than just joining a network marketing company for the first time. No, and that's true, because a lot of people think that some people are overnight successes, but that almost never happens. Usually you right. have to pay your dues. You paid your dues in those four years you, you were in that other company, and that's where you learned a lot. That's where you got the experience. So when the time shifted a few years later, when your husband got sick and you found this new opportunity with this company that had great products, great health products that can help with people. So improve your health, especially your husband's health, which was very important to you, especially since you guys had five kids. So yeah. everyone needed to be healthy. So you found something like that. And because of that previous experience, it, it you already had, took care of much of that learning curve and you were able to apply much of what you learned into your current network marketing company, which had the group better, much better compensation plan than the first one did. And as a result, because you apply what you did and you were consistent and you also passionate about the products, you passionate about everything about the company, you were able to start achieving that success much sooner than a lot of people. Not because you, you just, you were right. just an overnight success because you, you did stuff for four years. So you put in a lot of time and effort and that's where you got a lot of your success. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so, so you've been in this company now for seven years. And you've been a top leader. You've accomplished a lot because you're a yeah. top leader. You have five kids. So you did this <laughs> while raising five kids. That's a I lot did. of work. And you know, you were a nurse for many years. So yeah. you did a lot. Plus, you're a mindset coach. You do training and coaching and speaking with the John Maxwell team. So how do you juggle all that? Because I'm sure there are a lot of mothers saying, you know, I like to do what she does. But how, does she, how is she able to do all that? You know, I love this question. Because um, I'm also interested in some other things as well and deeply passionate about. And I have friends that will say, how do you know that? Or how do you have time to know that? That's what they want to know. People make time for the things they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. I have the equal amount of time that everyone else does. But I heard something today and it is exactly spot on behind this message. If you're going to say yes to something, you have to get really good about saying no to other things. And you're gonna to have to say no to a lot of things if you say yes to one thing. But what I find people wanna do is they wanna say yes to everything. They don't wanna say no to some things. They don't wanna be deprived of something. They think, well, maybe there's an opportunity here or, or maybe my kids will miss out or maybe I'll miss out or my husband will miss out or my family will miss out. I got really good about saying no really good. It's something I actually say on a daily basis in a nice way, but I say things like, oh my goodness, I appreciate you thinking of me. That sounds amazing, but that's not something I can do right now. Thank you. Or, hey, oh my goodness, how much fun is that going to be? You guys are going to have a blast. I would love to be a part of that, but I can't right now. And what that is doing is saying yes to my dream. I know what my vision is for me and my family, and we've had to say no to a whole lot of things so we can yet say yes to the things that are important to us. And the things that are important to our family where we see our vision is my husband owns his own business, so it's a yes to that. I own my business, it's a yes to that. 
we homeschool our children. It's a yes to that. So that takes top priority along with everything else. And then we love for our kids to get to be involved in, in certain activities. But my kids don't play every sport and they're not involved in every activity. They got to each pick one thing, <laughs> one thing that we can do and make manage as a family. And you know, in our today's society, that's not really the norm. I mean, most of the people we spend time with, their kids are in five or six activities. They've got lots of, you know, job obligations and, and volunteer obligations. And we just really hone down to the things that were most important to us. Our faith is a huge component of that. So we, um, through our businesses, we give a lot. That's primarily how we work, especially on the ministry side of things is our businesses have blessed us financially and we're able to give a lot of money to ministries that that need that support and need that. So when I'm working, I feel really fulfilled inside because I feel like I'm living to my values and priorities and the things that I specifically feel called to do my gifts, my talents, the things that I'm the very best at. But it makes me say no to a lot of things that might be really fun and might be really interesting to learn but they're not what I was called to do. So I have to limit my time to other things so I can do the main thing. No, I think you brought up some great points there, Rhonda, because there are a lot of good things out there, but you need to say no to some of them. And I think a lot of people, they don't want to disappoint other people. And we've all done it. I've done that in the past. You're afraid to say no because you're afraid you'll disappoint them, you hurt them. Yeah. But what you wind up doing is you wind up overwhelming yourself with so many things to do that's why you feel so overwhelmed. But if you prioritize things and say, these are the two, three, four things I'm going to do. And I have to say no, say no to other things. He told people, thank you for thinking of me, but I have to say no. And you have to make them realize, I'm not really saying no to you. I'm saying yes to myself because I need to prioritize myself. I'm going to do the two, three or four things that, that are important for me. I would say, you have your own business. Your husband has your own business. You guys homeschool your kids. And you they each and your kids have one activity that they can focus on. They're not doing 12 different activities, and that's when they're not exhausted because you know they're prioritizing. I remember you once said, and, and I think you made a great point. People are consistent in the things that they prioritize. So we all have those 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. It's no one has more time than anyone else. It's how do you prioritize that time? What things are you focused on? The things that you really focus on, you're going to be consistent on. And if you're not consistent on it, you got to ask yourself, is that really a priority for me? And right. maybe that's why I'm not succeeding in my business because I'm not prioritizing talking to people every day. Maybe I'm not messaging 20 people a day. Maybe I'm not getting, you know, several conversations a day on the phone. If you're not doing that, you got to ask yourself, why am I not doing that? And then you ask yourself, and is it a priority for me? Because if it's a priority for you, you'll find a way to be consistent in that. So I think you made some good points of being consistent the things that you need to do, prioritize your things, focus on the things that are important to you. Your faith are important to you. You guys have been blessed. You've been able to give money to your church and other religious uh, activities, which is very important to you. So the things that you focus on, you and and because you know you focus and you're able to, you, you the things you're called to do, you're able to focus on that, and you, you have a much more fulfilling and abundant life as a result of that. And and all because you've learned to say yes to yourself and say no, not really to other people, but saying it's really more saying yes to yourself and not saying no to other, but you do have to say no sometimes. And when you do, you're gonna have a much more productive life. Yeah, because you're not saying no to a person. You're saying no, I mean, there's a person there that's a vehicle of what they're asking you to do, but it's just an opportunity, you know, and people, people really, if you can get out of the way of success, you can be successful. But we put ourselves in the way of success all the time by imagining what other people are thinking, imagining what other people are saying. We tell, we love to tell stories. We love to make up stories. Um, you know, my daughter and I, my daughter's a great example of this. You know, all my children are unique. You get to see them as they grow, the different traits and um, abilities that come out of them. But she's my child that goes to worst case scenario about all things. We were we were watching uh, these men fish over the pier yesterday and there were sharks everywhere because this was a free meal for them, right? These men are pulling in these big fish. They're throwing big fish as bait, you know, to catch bigger fish. And mm -hmm. so the fish, the dolphins, all of them, they're just a feeding frenzy. Well, I'm thinking, how amazing is this to get to see these sharks up close and to get to see these dolphins? My daughter's imagining what happens if the pier breaks and we all fall into the water, 
<laughs> so today, as she and I are walking on the beach by ourselves, she said, you know, when you and I are walking on the beach by ourselves, I think about what would happen if my parents were divorced and my brothers are just with my dad and I have to be with my mom and you guys aren't together. And I said, sister, you need to get out of your own way in life right now. You need to learn at this age at 11. That is a story you're telling yourself because the reality is your parents are happily married. Your brothers are off fishing and you and your mom are getting to have alone time on the beach. How fun is that? We carry that same mindset into adulthood. I see people join this business and they're so busy playing out their worst case scenarios for what could happen if they prospected somebody, if they talked to someone about the business, if they you know, weren't successful at the business, they spend all their time and energy on that and they stand in the way of their own success just by their thought process. Nothing in reality is actually happening, but they are playing out a reality in their mind and they're sabotaging themselves before they even get started. We have to learn not to be a sabotage of our own success. We have to work on creating that positive mindset, which is why I'm a mindset coach and trainer. That's my favorite thing to do. I obviously I do it to my children every day, but having that I coach myself. I want to be the person that sees the very best in every situation and looks towards positive outcomes versus stopping my own success in its tracks by my own negative imagination. If people can identify that, that that's what they're thinking and doing as one of the big barriers to their success, they'll get over that hurdle so fast and be able to move on to the next stage, which is actually creating thoughts and processes around success that are gonna draw you towards a positive outcome versus a negative outcome. No, absolutely, that, that is a wonderful point. Very often we sabotage ourselves. Uh, mindset is so key, is so important, and, and it's really the stories we tell ourselves that really sabotage us from becoming successful because we always play in our mind, like you said, these stories saying, well, if I do this, they're gonna respond to that. They're going to think, I don't want to take advantage of my friends. They're going to see me as someone just greedy and just trying to take advantage of them. Or this person's already successful, so they're going to say no to me. Why should I bother talking to this very successful business person? Or this person's too busy. They don't have the time to talk. I, they, don't have, they don't have the time to do a business. We already reject ourselves before right. we give them a chance to reject ourselves. And you didn't even get to say no. You didn't even let them. You just made it up that they'd say no. <laughs> no, absolutely, because we make it up in our mind. It's, and it's that fear. And, you know, Fear, very often, you've probably heard the acronym, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Most of the things we fear never come to pass. In fact, right. we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear that we have, we've learned, and we imagine these things. And when you look back at many of the things that you fear, you feared, you'll find out that the vast majority of the things you feared never came to pass. It only came to pass in your mind. But when you actually tried it out, rarely did it turn out the way that you expected it to be. Yeah, and actually, you talk to these people, some of them will say yes, some of them will say no. Right. You know, you have no control how they'll react or how they'll respond to you. But you know what? Uh, if you do ask, they might say yes. If you never ask, if you never speak, so the answer will always be no. And I think a big part is also we have this, uh, we would tell this story that if they say no, we lose something. But they don't understand this. You don't lose it. If you have no one in your business, you ask someone, they say yes, you have one person on your team. If they say no, you had no one before. Right. Them, and after they say no, you still have no one. So things remain the same. So, so when you ask someone, things will either remain the same or you'll gain, you'll gain something. So if you look at it that way, you realize rejection in many ways is a myth. Yeah, agreed. So I think that's very important. So I think mindset is very important because and I don't think a lot of people focus enough on mindset. I think they're too focused on the technical, and that is very important. You need, definitely need the skills because skills will pay the bills. But here's the thing. People, a lot of times people know what to do, but they don't do it because they have these mental blockers. Everyone that wants to lose weight, you know what you need to do. You need to eat better quality food, less processed food, less junk, exercise more. You do those things, you lose weight. But do, do people want to lose weight? Do it. A lot of them don't. Why? Because there's a mindset issue going there. Same thing with your business. A lot of times you know what you need to do. You need to prospect with prospecting. You need to talk to them. You need to follow up with people. And one of the big things people don't do is people don't follow up. Right. And, and most of the sales are usually in the fourth or fifth follow-up. It's usually the later on follow-up. So people that follow up the most are the ones that succeed the most. And you know, and, and I've heard so many stories from people saying, you know what? I wanted to talk to this person, but I figured they would say no. And then a few months later, I said they joined my company because someone who someone else talked to them and they say yes. 
and it, just, it really was killing them because they said, wow, if I had talked to this person, they might be on my team. Instead, they're making money for someone else. Right. Yeah, because they told a story about that person. Yeah. So, up. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I like to talk more about this time issue as well, because um, that's one of the biggest objections you hear from people. They say, you know what, Rhonda, this sounds great. But you know what, I just don't have the time, you know, so, you know, you know, I wish if I had more time, I would definitely do the business with you. So, again, we brought this up before, but I'd like to go into this a little bit more because it is one of the most common objections and then we're marketing. And I know you have a busy schedule. In fact, if I remember correctly, a few months ago, you shared a story how like one of your kids was very sick and you were still working the business while you were pretty much living in the hospital. So, yeah. yeah. So, and you were still building your business. So even though you were really have very little time, you were still able to continue building your business. So, it's, you know, let's talk about the time issue again. I feel like time is a trade-off. So I was trading off time now for time later and i could see that clearly and not everyone kind of does that math equation mm -hmm. so um when i started my business i saw wow i'm gonna have to give a lot up a lot of time and i'm gonna have to give up a lot of things we're doing to sacrifice to to give more time to this thing over here and it and it was painful i don't act like that was easy and sunshine and roses giving up something for something else always requires um, mm -hmm. a deprivation or a pain but what i could see was a vision over here of more time more freedom more financial mm -hmm. uh freedom and it was worth all the sacrifices i've made over here what people think and see i'm going to give up doing fun things and nothing's going to come of it so that's why they don't do it. They do have time. Everybody has time. They don't want to make this a priority. They don't want to take the time because they a, either don't believe in themselves, believe in the product, or believe in the opportunity. When you have belief in those things, you can cast a vision for yourself for the future. So when I started my business, I knew I knew my husband and I actually made a deal is how it all happened and went down when it came to the business. He was fine with me taking the products. He was fine with me buying the products. He was not fine with me doing the business. My husband was skeptical. He uh, put up huge objections. And I'm sharing this start of my story because it's very common. Mm -hmm. There's always someone in the relationship that wants to do something and is the risk taker. And there's someone who doesn't, um, if you're in a partnership, you know? And so my husband is not a risk taker. He does not, he did not like the idea of me taking up any free time to pursue a business or, or to put more burden on him because it would be a bigger burden on him because he would have to share more of the childcare time, which in this scenario, he wasn't having to take much of that. He was mostly working and I was mostly doing childcare. So that meant a trade-off for him as well. But I told him this, okay, and this is a great tip. It works all the time. Usually I'd say 99% of the time. I said to my husband after my first few checks with the company, so I was kind of like working it on the side without him really knowing I was not interrupting his life. I was not interrupting his schedule. I was just interrupting mine. Okay. So while my kids were doing school or it was nap time or reading a book, or I was making dinner, I was doing laundry or any, any area I could multitask um, in some way, meaning doing laundry, I could listen to a training call while my kids were napping, I could prospect. Um, early in the morning before my kids got up, I prospected. Um, I remember specifically making spaghetti. I remember a very clear, vivid memory. I had my computer out open with me. And while the noodles boiled, I messaged 12 people because that's anywhere from six to 12 minutes, depending on waiting for the water to boil and throwing the noodles in. And I had 12 minutes. now. That may seem silly what I'm saying right now, but it was a real reality and it is what I did because I didn't have excess time in my life. The kids had to be cared for. Our youngest has type one diabetes. So that's a 24 seven medical management all the time of keeping him alive. And there wasn't a lot of breaks. And so I looked at whatever opportunity when I was in the hospital with him, do you know what the hospital involves? It involves a lot of waiting on physicians, a lot of waiting on nurses to come answer that call button, and a lot of 
back then, a two, three, four, and five-year-old just sitting there in his bed with an IV watching Paw Patrol or whatever, right? So I could have just sat there and laid with him and watched Paw Patrol, which I did, but I had this beautiful device. And I was able to message him or message people and talk about, you know, this opportunity while I was laying in the bed next to him. I wasn't doing anything else. Why couldn't I message people? Why couldn't I talk and grow my business? So I saw that if I traded off this time, every little moment here and did something positive with that time, I was not a time waster. I was doing activities that actually build businesses in all the free time that I had. And free time looked like boiling noodles. That was free time. I either sat and stared at the water boiling or I messaged people. Those were my two options. And what people do is they say, mm, I, I just don't know if I could do it. Like you can do it, but I don't know if I can do it. Well, the only reason I can do it is because I'm doing it. Like that's how that works. And if I think I can't do it, I go listen to someone who believes that I could do it and let them talk to me and encourage me and tell me how I can do it. Because then I saw this vision. What people need to know, I'm sitting in a beach hotel right now. Right outside is the beach. I've spent my entire day with my family outside, walking the beach, laying by the pool, all of that. This is a, just a quick four-day trip, you know, in between our crazy busy lifestyle. But without this opportunity, this would have been really difficult. My husband wouldn't be able to take the time off that he gets to take off from his business because there wouldn't be this excess residual income coming in all the time, you know, when we take off. I'm still earning money while I'm here at the beach and I'm not doing any activities right now to earn that money. That's the beautiful, beautiful vision of network marketing. I did tons of activity. I still do lots of activity, but I did tons of activity in the business in the beginning so that I could have this type of time freedom now. If people could grab hold of that, they could grab hold of that vision that they sacrifice things that really aren't going to bring great value in the future for some things that could potentially change their entire life. We'd have we'd have billions of people doing network marketing. They would catch that vision and see this is the this is an amazing business model. We need to do it. Realtors get it. Their model is kind of similar. A lot of them mm -hmm. buy real estate and property. That's all residual income for them. If they have a renter. They've got residual income. They had to do that activity one time, get a renter in there, and then that person's renting from them, right? And they can go to the beach and still be making money. When people understand what the power of residual income and they really, really grab a hold of it, there's great books about it, great trainings about it. I encourage people who don't believe they have time to ask themselves, what thought is it that I believe about myself, about the product, or about the business that's stopping me from doing this? Because I actually do have time. I'm just choosing not to spend it this way. Uh, that was some really great stuff there, Rhonda. Uh, you, everything you told me just now reminded me of this quote. Do what others are not willing to do right now. So you'll, you know, be willing to do what others are not willing to do right now. So you'll have the kind of life that most people do not have later on because you're willing to do all these other things. You put that time and that effort. And like you said, it would do a lot of sacrifices made. But you had this long-term vision, you had this long-term goal because you foresaw what kind of future that you had. And a lot of people don't think about it. They just think about the sacrifice they're gonna, they have to make. But they don't think about the rewards that are at the end of the line after you finish doing all these things. Right now, you're, you're living the life that you want. You're getting the rewards. You're able to go on vacation, still make some money off it because of all the time and the effort you put into that network marketing business, building your team up, putting all that time and that effort because you have this long-term goal. Now you and your husband, your kids, you can go away for a few days, enjoy this time and still get paid for it. And you understood the concept of residual income. But like you said, whenever you had some free time, you know, years ago, you didn't have a lot of free time. But like you said, we, before your kids got up, you did some work on your business. If you were doing the laundry, you were, you were listening to some you know, training from your business. You're boiling those noodles. You were messaging people. So whenever you have some time, you reached out to people. You work the business. When your son was in the hospital, you had some free time there. You were using your phone. You were talking to people. You were working the business. So that's the thing. People don't realize you have time to work. And you may not have a lot of time, but when you do it, if, if you're working a full-time job, you may have some time right now during your lunch time to message some people across some potential prospects. Or on your commute to work, you might be taking a bus. You might be taking a train. You, know, you could... 
during that time, you could be reaching out to people. Or if you're driving, you could put in something and listen to training from your company. You wouldn't even have some little pockets for time. Or you're, you're on a long line at the store. Guess what? You could take your phone and message people while you're waiting 20 minutes online. If you, if you, if you make the best use of your time, which is what you did, you could get a lot more done in your business. This is the thing. A lot of people are busy, but they're not productive. They don't focus on the income-producing activities. Exactly. And, and, and because they focus on things that aren't important, they're busy, but they don't get anything done, and they don't make that much money. So Yeah. I want to give the example. So I have a, mm -hmm. a great friend who's also a top leader in my company, you know, mm -hmm. sideline friend to me, not on my team. I'm not on her team, but we're really close friends. She was working a full-time job at an ad agency. She mm -hmm. had like an executive level position at an ad agency, full-time job, two kids, both in lots of activities, husband who also worked full-time. She did it as well. So there isn't a scenario that I can think of that I haven't heard already from a successful network marketer. I mean, we, you and I together collectively know hundreds of thousands of people in network marketing at the top of their company, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're blessed to know tons of top leaders from all over the world. Nobody had a pass. Nobody had an easy life. Nobody had an easy job. No one walked into network marketing one day with nothing to do. And just thought, I think I'll build this. I think I'll be successful at this. Everyone was in a hard situation. I remember, you know, Dr. Doug Firebaugh telling his mm -hmm. story about living in somebody's basement, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. wanting to have time with his daughter and mm -hmm. how just from sunup to sundown, making those phone calls, pounding the pavement, everyone has a choice. And that's what people need to realize. It's your choice. All of us are busy and all of us have responsibility and nobody's life is easy. My life's not easy. Your life's not easy. No one here living and breathing on the planet has an easy life. Even the people we think have an easy life don't have an easy life. <laughs> um, because, you know, suffering comes from us all for us all and trials come for us all. And, you know, if you just make the assumption that, hey, I'm in, I'm in the rest of the world with all the people who are struggling, the most inspiring stories come from those people struggling the hardest. You know, those are the stories we really want to read and follow and watch movies about and be inspired by. Be that story. Your life is hard. Be the inspiring story for the next person, for the next generation. Show them how it's done. Show them how no matter what trial you're facing, no matter what adversity you have in your life, that you're an overcomer. You have to decide if that's your title or not. And I know for me personally, I'm an overcomer. It is a title I carry, I wear, I think about it every day. No matter what's happening, I remind myself, I am an overcomer. And overcomers overcome challenges and adversity to rise above and do the things that are important to them and that make a difference and that have a lasting impact. I want to leave a legacy in my life. I will not do it if I am succumbed all the time to negative thinking and emotions and just mind numbing myself in all my free time on Netflix or the media or whatever, you know, there's nothing good going to come of that. No, absolutely. And I think you bring up some good points in. Everyone has to deal with struggles, challenges, adversities, but the ones that are willing to tackle them and overcome them, they're the ones who succeed. And then the ones like you said are the inspiration to other people. So when I hear someone saying, you know, I struggled for 10 years, I failed in 12 different companies, but yeah. I never gave up. I believe there was a better way. And then, and what, for whatever reason, I came to this conclusion or I got this mentor, this mentor told me the things I needed to do differently. When I hear those kind of stories or I was homeless, I was bankrupt, but I knew there was a better way and I never gave up. And I, you know, whatever I did, I, I needed to do these things. I, I took three jobs while I was working my business at night. When you hear these people overcome these struggles, you know what? We can identify with it. We can say, if this person could do it, I can do it. This person says, well, my first week I made $100,000. I had no idea what I was doing. No one can identify with that because okay. we, we can't do that. But this person say, I struggled for three years and then I finally, because I didn't give up, I started doing this differently. That's when success hit me. You say to yourself, okay, I can do that because I see what this person went through. I, I can relate to that person because I've been struggling as well. So yeah, those are some of the best stories. And I think one, th one thing people need to realize is a lot of times people, like you said, it's either their belief about themselves, the product or the business. And, and a big part of it is their belief about this. A lot of people will, will say, well, she can do it, but I can't. That's, that's great for her, but I just can't do it. But again, it's that mental blockage that they have in themselves. But also I think another thing that also stops people is they feel that outside forces, outside circumstances determine what happens. They don't realize 
you may may not have control over the things that happen to you, but you have control in how, as to how you respond to them. And that's where your power lies and how you respond to the circumstance. That's why two people can grow up in an inner city slum. One person winds up in prison, the other person winds up a successful business person because they chose a different path. They chose to react differently to their really bad situation. So I think people forget they have power as to how they respond, how they decide to react to the circumstances that they are, which is why I think it's very important. If you want to be successful, you need to take full responsibility for yourself, not, not, not on the government, not on your family, you know, the weather, the economy. I mean, yeah, those things play a bit of a factor, but ultimately it's how you respond to the circumstance. I think that's very important. Do you agree? A hundred percent. You know, one of the biggest lessons um, I feel like, especially with my kids, kind of the ages they are, is we talk about the blame game. Mm -hmm. So when things are a challenge or a struggle, we naturally, our natural sinful nature wants to blame others. We don't like to take personal responsibility for anything that's happening in our lives or um, any outcome, any negative outcome, right? If it's a positive outcome, it was all me. <laughs> if it's a negative outcome, it was all you. And so, um, you know, talking, talking about that is like, did I learn that lesson as a kid? If I'm an adult now and I'm still blaming others for my situation, then I, then I came out of childhood not learning that lesson that no matter what happens, you know, a good analogy for this is my son is a pitcher in baseball and competitive baseball. He's actually a really good pitcher. He's got a lot of natural talent like his dad and um, that's what my husband did. So, um, you know, grew up from an early age learning about it. Well, every single game, you're usually battling a different umpire. Um, so it's not like your, it's not like his pitching changed or that, you know, his skill level changed. It's that the person perceiving the pitches coming towards them gets to decide what he thinks they are. <laughs> and so, you know, that can be really challenging for a pitcher because he can be like, I threw that same pitch in the last game 12 times. And every time I did, they called it a strike. I'm throwing that same pitch in this game. And every time I throw it, he calls it a ball. Well, he could just throw his glove down, throw a fit on the mound, yell at the umpire, do all kinds of things that would disgrace himself, his team, his parents, whatever. But people are doing that on a daily basis. On a daily basis, they're getting a call they don't like, they're getting a circumstances they don't like. And, and rather than take responsibility to say, okay, I've got to adjust. That pitch the other umpire liked, this pitch that umpire does not like. What do I need to adjust? What pitch do I need to throw? How do I need to change it so that I figure out what is a strike to this umpire? That makes a good pitcher. Anybody can just throw fastballs all day, right? But a good pitcher knows how to man maneuver and move the ball into a new strike zone every game and say, that's what this umpire wants to see. Okay, I'll deliver it to him. We can do that same scenario in our own life. We can choose to blame other people or we can say, well, that's not working out quite like I thought it did, or I'm not quite getting along with that person the way I thought we were going to get along. How do I need to adjust? What do I need to change? How do I need to say I will never change another person? And anyone who is thinking about marrying somebody and making them your project, that is going to be a miserable life right? The only person you can influence and change is yourself. Yes, you can influence other people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying changing other people is not a thing. Changing yourself, inspiring other people, influencing other people either towards negativity or to positivity is totally, totally something that happens. But you get to choose. You get to decide, am I going to go around the rest of my life blaming everyone for my problems, or am I going to take personal responsibility for what's happening in my life and ask myself, how can I make the best of this situation? How can I make the best of this thing that's happening? What can I do differently? Who do I need to apologize for to? What do I, you know, what do I need to change? How do I need to shift? How can I communicate better? How can I learn to communicate better? How can I learn to influence people? How can I learn to have, you know, to attract more customers and more prospects to me? All of these are things that are overcomeable. Everything's overcomeable. That's what I believe. You know, if you can watch, you know, uh, Nick, I'm trying to remember his last name because it's escaping me right now. No arms, no legs, right? Incredible speaker all over the world. Nick Vujicic. Yes. 
love his story. And I love sharing his story with my children because I love saying, I love taking people that I feel like are in some of the most difficult, challenging circumstances in life and that and, and are overcomers and showing them to my kids and say, he is blaming no one. Look what he's done with his life. He has all kinds of excuses to stay at home in his bed, locked in a room away from people feeling sorry for himself. But he didn't do that. And now he's a world changer. Now he teaches other people how to overcome hard circumstances. And he's inspired millions of people. Do I want to inspire people? Or do I want to rot away in a room somewhere because I am miserable and ungrateful and blaming everyone else for life circumstances? Wow, that was amazing. I love what you just shared the last few minutes. Number one, let's go back to the sinful nature because this blame game goes back to the Garden of Eden. Because what happened when Adam and Eve fell? Did they take responsibility? No, Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. No one wanted to take responsibility and things haven't changed in ever since then. So well, people love to do those kind of things. I love the sharing of Nick Voyager because this guy's got no arms, no legs. I mean, most people in this position would just give up, just, you know, just say life's things. But right. this guy... And he, and he, he suffered for, with depression for a while, but he decided yeah. to change his thinking and he became a successful motivational speaker. He's become very successful. He became an actor. He's married with four kids. I know. Four kids, happily married, has a wonderful life because he changed his mindset. He stopped blaming everyone and everything for his life. He took responsibility. And now he has this amazing life. Like you said, he's inspired millions of people and all because he shifted his mindset. And I love what you shared about the baseball game. Like you said, the pitcher can throw strikes in one game, and then he goes another game, dealing with another umpire, and, and that same pitch is being called the ball again and again. Like you said, he could just throw, he could just throw a temper tantrum, yell at the umpire, get thrown out of the game, or he could say, well, maybe the umpire wants a, a higher strike or a lower strike, so you know what? I got to adjust my pitch. Like you said, you cannot control how people are going to react to it. All you can do is control how you react to it. Like you said, you can't change people. Married people know that better than everyone else. You can't change so you're going to marry. So all you can do is figure out how can I respond to this? And again, you made the point with process. A lot of people want to change prospects. But if, if you're always uh, not succeeding with prospects, maybe there's something the way you are talking to them and the way you're interacting. Maybe you're saying something that's turned out. Maybe the defense is going up because maybe you're coming across as too salesy. Maybe you're not coming across as someone who cares about them and as friends. You got to look at what am I saying? Maybe I need to change some of the things I'm saying to them instead of saying all oh, these prospects going on the stand, they're stupid, they're lazy. It's like, no, look at the role you're playing. Maybe there's something you need to change about yourself. So when you focus on the role that you can change, because guess what happens here? With all these examples that you shared, the focus is not on the, on the other person. When you, when you blame other people, other circumstances, you don't become solution-oriented. You don't become right. a problem solver. When you focus on the role that you're playing on as how you can make things better, you become solution-oriented. You get to work saying, what can I do to make this better? And that's when you get to work, you make the situation better. But if you think outside forces are responsible, you're never gonna take any action. So that's why it's a shift in mindset, which is very important. And when you do that, you will see your business change. You'll become more successful. So you can become like Nick Weirchick. And the rest of us, we have, two arms and two legs. So if we can do that with no arms and no legs, can you imagine what the rest of us can do if we truly apply ourselves to kind of lives we can have? So I said, that, those are some great points you shared there, Rhonda. Yeah, one last thing I know um, that, will wrap, that will wrap up soon, but one last thing I wanted to share that I feel like ties into that so, in, so much as you were talking and we were recapping is that everyone, I think, has an assumption sometimes, or I see this assumption a lot, is that once you achieve a certain level of success, well, then life's just like a golden brick road from that point on or something. I've been in my business seven years and my business is like this, like everything mm -hmm. about my business goes like this. My husband's business, he's been in his business um, over 20 years. Everything in his business is like this. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have a banner year. Sometimes you have a terrible year. Sometimes you have the highest best month you've ever had. And then sometimes you have the worst month you've ever had. Sometimes people will join your business in the beginning and three years, they are gone. Never see them again. Never hear from them again. You know, some people might join you and stay with you all to the end. You have to expect that trials are going to continue to come. There is not any day or moment that arrives in your life where things are going to magically become easy with more things just comes more responsibility. 
And with more money comes more responsibility. So, you know, that's why people who win the lottery lose it within like a year, because it's not about someone just giving you more money. You now have to, now you have to become a new person. You know, every level is about developing yourself into the person that needs to be able to handle the current responsibility that you have. And if you can realize that, that this is a journey of self-growth until the day you die, if you commit that I'm always going to be learning and I'm always going to be growing until the day I die, then you're going to have a much better time in life being able to achieve success, being able to help others achieve success, because you're going to recognize some natural laws about life that don't change for anyone or anything. You know, um, look at the rise and fall of presidents. Look at, you know, the rise and fall of kings all over the world. You know, you would think, oh, well, they're king. Like they made it. Like there isn't another position higher someone could obtain on the earth, right? To become a king of a nation or something. Well, guess what? Those people rise and fall all the time. And so we have to understand that that all of our life is just a journey and that a business is not a destination. A rank advancement is not a destination for you. It's a part of your journey. And if you recognize that you're going to be so much more fulfilled at each stage of your journey than thinking that you were supposed to arrive at some destination and being deeply disappointed when you get there, because it doesn't hold the fulfillment or feelings that you thought it should. You know, when I achieved the highest rank in my company, you know, the, the week I achieved it, I was crying to my sponsor and telling her I wasn't sure I wanted to do the business. She was like, how can you even be saying this? You just achieved the highest rank of the company. But that's because just hitting a rank in my company, while that's wonderful and amazing and something I desired to achieve, there's a lot more that goes into that than just someone plastering a title next to your name. There's a responsibility, there's an organization, there's, you know, a team behind it. There's, those are real people in my, you know, virtual office that I talk to and take care of. So there's challenges at every level. And there was a lot of challenges at that level. And, in, and at that time in my life with my personal family and my business, mm -hmm. and I was starting to feel a little overwhelmed by it all, but all that was okay. This is why I'm sharing the story. All that was, was me having a momentary freak out about me being called to a new level and not feeling personally ready to meet the challenges of that level. That's all it was. And the answer to that was to rise up. What do I need? What tools do I need to do this? Let me go get them, learn from them. What new coach do I need? What new mentor do I need in my life? Who do I need to surround myself with? What books do I need to listen to? What courses do I need to take? You know, what things do I need to read to help me feel more prepared for this level? When I started nursing school, was I ready, Victor, if you were like in a car crash to like rush in and save you? No. But after I graduated and I had a, a year of experience in intensive care under my belt, if you got severely injured, do I feel like I could take care of you? Yes, I could. Okay. So just because you have met a challenge doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just a call for you to rise up to meet the challenge. And we can make those choices every day. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things in this industry is that you're called to develop yourself. I mean, some people call network marketing personal development with a paycheck because you really need to grow. The more you grow, the more likely you're going to be successful in this industry. But that's why one of the things you need to do is constantly work on your personal development. It's so key to success in this industry. And you brought up the lottery winners. They never did that personal growth. And they felt very uncomfortable. You would think someone gets $50 million. They say, how can you blow up? They said, I felt so out of, out of bounds. I felt so uncomfortable with it. They found a way to get rid of it. And you know, when they got rid of the money and they were broken for years later, guess what? They felt a lot more comfortable because they were back in their comfort zone. So you have to learn to expand your comfort zone. And that requires a lot of mindset work, a lot of personal development. But like you said, be ready for the challenge. Challenge yourself, go beyond and work on it. And of course, you need mentors and teammates that will help you. And like you said, there are going to be a lot of ups and downs in this business. I've never met any successful a business person, now a marketer, who says it was one straight line, everything well. They had they had their good months, they had their bad months, and no matter how much money they make, they had these really terrible months, and these things happen. They might, you know, a lot of people leave. There could be some crisis going on. Sometimes something happens with the company itself. There's like a little scandal for a couple of months, so for they they're struggling for two or three months, and then then it blows away, and then the company's doing well. Sometimes there are things out of your control. 
And no matter how well you're doing it, you're going to have your bad months. But that, but it's it's also important not to give up. A lot of people at the first sign of struggle give up. And sometimes they give up, like in Napoleon, so it's about three feet from the goal. If they had just right. persevered, they would have succeeded. But they just said, oh, at they, they, the first sign of adversity, they just said, oh, this is too much. But like you said, you need to learn to expect it's going to happen. There are going to be struggles going on. There are things you can't possibly see. You say, I, I'm going to do this for the next six months, but guess what? Something happened. You're building on your social media. Facebook may shut you down for a couple of weeks, or Instagram shut you down, or whoever. Your YouTube account gets shut. You don't know. There are things you can't control, but then you have to adjust, make adjustments. You can say, okay, if this happened for now. What do I do now? Instead of giving up, you're going to say, how can I make this situation better? Maybe I should be focusing on this. Or, you know, maybe I have an autoresponder, maybe some other social media. Maybe I need to talk to more people in my neighborhood. You make adjustments a long way because you have some things you just can't foresee happening. So I thought you brought up some great points. You got to work in your personal life, get out of that comfort zone and surround yourself with, with people that are going to support you. It's really crucial. And the people that are not going to support you, you need to spend less time with those The negative people are just going to like drain you. They're going to talk, try to talk you out of your dreams. You need to be around people that are going to support you. That is so key. Like Jim Rose says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Absolutely. And if people are looking um, looking to grow um, and they're wondering just where to start, like, hey, I really like what you're saying. I, I really feel like that's something I need to do and identify. Um, I strongly recommend John Maxwell's book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. Mm -hmm. That's just like a really great starting point to grasp and understand why you need personal growth, what areas of your life you need to identify and how you can grow in each area of your life. He just breaks it down for you your environment and, you know, who you surround yourself with, like you just talked about and all these different areas you need to identify and how you can grow in each area. So that's like my top favorite book when I'm coaching people with their mindset and, and personal growth and development is you've got to have somewhere to start. And if you've never talked about personal growth, or you're not really sure how to identify it or what to do. That's just an easy place to get started. Yeah. I love John Max. So I think his, his books are really great. He's one of the great, maybe the best you know, in terms of leadership training. He's incredible. Yeah, I highly recommend any of his books. I totally agree with you on that. All right, so Rhonda, we're getting sort of the end now of our interview. Thank you so much for being here. I love, you know, all the great values shared and the wisdom you share with everyone. I know people definitely got a lot of everything that, you know, you share with everyone. Before we let you go, Rhonda, if people want to reach out to you and contact you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Um, either through Instagram, I'm at um, Rhonda underscore redeemed um, on Instagram, or you can find me on Facebook just at Rhonda Shaw and send me an Instagram um, uh, Facebook message. Awesome. Great. Well, again, thanks, Rhonda, for being on our show today. Really Thank appreciate it. It was, it, was such a, it was such a pleasure. And it was, a, you know, I had a lot of fun having you on. And um, again, thanks again. And I, I hope you enjoy the rest of the vacation with your family. You know, you guys having a great time. You know, enjoy the, you know, again, Enjoy the rest of your time of your vacation and have a great day, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you. I always love spending time with you and gleaning from you and hearing your wisdom and knowledge in this area. So thank you so much. Thank you. God bless, Rhonda. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.